So as we get ready to wrap up here this morning, I want to share something with you guys. This last section, celebrating God's faithfulness, celebrating God's faithfulness. We had some plans here, and I'm going to kind of go impromptu, uh, off the cuff, because what we were going to do was bring up Dorothy Hurley. Now, I don't know if you've met Dorothy Hurley. Uh, believe me, if you've met Dorothy, you know you've met Dorothy. <laughs> yeah. She, she is a, uh, she's about this tall, and she's tiny, and uh, she's a little stick of dynamite at like 100 years old. She's ancient, and she is powerful. How old is Dorothy? Does he, how old is she? Nine, 89, 89 years old. We wanted to bring her up for a number of reasons, because she is such a spitfire. When you talk to Dorothy, um, she literally talks like she met Jesus two seconds ago, and she's known him for over half a century. It's It's amazing. One of my jobs as a pastor, and I'm going to keep it together right now. One of my jobs as a pastor is to make sure that you all die well. Isn't that weird that we celebrate on Sunday morning that we're going to die well? I really count it a privilege. And I really count it the most important thing in my life that when the saints that I got to spend my life with go to see their Savior, they do it boldly and courageously. When I showed up here 10 years ago, there were four little grandmas. There was uh, Mary Lou, Loreen, Dorothy, and Grace Dolner. And I was this young punk kid with my American Stratocaster and my Vox amplifier. And I was going to change the world. And I did not yet understand the value of faithfulness to Jesus over the long haul. Dorothy couldn't be here today with us because... The tent that she dwells in is torn and tattered. She's in so much pain today that she couldn't come. Soon and very soon, I will get to send my sister to see her Savior. In that first five years, we sent Mary Lou home to be with Jesus. And one of the greatest blessings I've ever been given in my life was we were preparing for her funeral and the sweet pastor that I took over for, Gib, who had pastored her for like four decades, was there. And I was like, Gib, you know, you pastored her forever. I want you to just lead this. I'm here to help. And Mary Lou's son at the time said, Gib, Gib, please don't take offense to this. But Mary specifically said, I want Pastor Danny, my pastor, my new pastor, I want him to preach my funeral. And, and I just broke down and wept. Lorene is here, or Lorene's not here today because she's got the flu. Her tent is torn and tattered, but Grace is here. Grace, would you stand up, please? You guys stand up and honor her. All right, let me tell you a story about grace, and then we're going to pray. What I want for all of you is that you're going to be old and grayed with your walkers. <laughs> every Sunday, you're going to come up to some young, young punk pastor. Every Sunday, Lorene comes up to me and says, so good, Pastor Danny. I can't hear a word you're saying, but so good. <laughs> I want all of us to be able to do that. Listen, I've been doing this for so long. I have been seeing them drop like flies. 
It doesn't matter how many souls we see saved. It doesn't matter if we get into a building, we don't get into a building. It doesn't matter what we do. When we're old and gray and we're days away from seeing Jesus, will we have remained faithful? And these four little grandmas over the last 10 years have not only ridden on this thing that we call the bucking bull of Taproot Church, which has been this wild hurricane of a ride, but they've just ridden it with a smile on their face, been there, done that. This ain't my first rodeo, kiddo. You cannot offend me. I will not leave. And Grace was one of those ladies. Quick story, and we're going to pray and sing. When I showed up here, Grace had been playing the organ at Trinity Church for it must have been at least three decades, 30 years at that point. How many? 15. Okay, so 15 years. But she'd been faithfully serving at Trinity Church for a very long time. I show up. And, uh, of course, I've got my American Stratocaster and my Vox, and we're going to contemporize the music. And, and Grace was one of the first folks that I had to sit down with. They had brought me to bring changes, and so that was one of the first things we did. And, and Grace was very sweet about it. We bought Kentucky Fried Chicken, and my entire family went over there, and we talked with Grace. And I, and I said to her, Grace, there's going to be some sacrifices that you're going to have to make for the sake of the church, for the future of the church. And at first, she pushed back on it a little bit and was worried about it. And, you know, what about the older saints? They're not going to like that loud guitar music. And, and, and I agreed with all of that. But I said, Grace, you know, in your latter years, I want to give you Caleb's calling. I want to see you make sacrifices and take the Amalekite hills. It must have been a year or two or maybe. It, it was somewhere in that span time between there that Grace gracefully stepped down we brought out the Stratocasters and the loud drums. We, standard, we started handing out earplugs to our older folks. They'd come in and put in earplugs for the entire gathering, which was awesome. But then this, this couple started showing up, a gay couple, Joe and Terry. And through that first couple years, Grace had made the sacrifice to step down from her post as, as organ, organist. But instead of getting bitter and frustrated and, oh, those young kids... Instead, she got on mission. She got on mission. And she started befriending this gay couple who at the time was going through their divorce, very tumultuous time for them, very painful time. And Terry, one of the brothers, uh, one of the fellas, actually really became an ingrained part of our community. And so rather than the, how old are you, Grace? 80? 88. So at that time, she would have been 82 Rather than the octogenarian saying, you know what, these young people, I'm done, she became the first missionary at Taproot Church to engage the gay culture and bring them into our community. That's amazing. That's a story of faithfulness. And I think as we review 2016 and we look forward to our future, I trust that all of us are going to take our cue from these grandmas that we are going to honor them and we are going to pray for them as they are faithful to pray and sacrifice and serve. And you guys, this ship is in a hurricane as a church. This is not going to be easy. God is building his church. The stories are happening in community. The stories are happening in our own personal souls. But this is a wild ride. And I trust that Mornings like this, each of us will determine in our hearts, I want to be 88 years old and be totally bothered by everything that the next generation of the church is doing and just sit my behind in it and be there, faithful. 
And the final thing I want us to prepare for as we celebrate is, this is just a blip on the radar in light of eternity. This is just, guys, it's a blink of an eye. And I, I just, I love what Nick was saying. I was 38 years old before I finally realized, oh my goodness, I should be contributing to this world of Christianity, to the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Make this your year where you say, man, I don't want to be laying on my deathbed going, I wish I would have, I wish I could have. Uh, I, I wish that I would have tried it. I wish I would have risked. I wish I would have given. I wish I would have sacrificed. I wish I wouldn't have done. Don't do that. When we sent Mary Lou off to be with Jesus and we prepare to send and I prepare to send by God's grace you off to Jesus or you, me, off to Jesus, I hope that every single one of us are laying on that bed saying, thank you, Father. What a ride. Holy moly. <laughs> that was wild. That was pain-filled. That was troublesome. That was, I lost a lot, but I gained everything that I'll never, ever lose for all of eternity. Amen.